Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. We are sitting around in a circle here with the Film Mavericks team or part of the Film Mavericks team kind of the core of what we're building everything off of. We talked about this in a couple of different episodes, but I wanted to revisit this idea of what we talked about with the team because I think it's, I always appreciate like different podcasts and YouTube channels that sort of just bring people along the journey and aren't saying like, hey, we got this all figured out, but they're just saying like, hey, we're trying to figure this out and here's sort of our path, here's where we're headed. Um, this is some stuff that we're trying out. We're going to see if it works. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Uh, but this is what we're doing. So I think it's just kind of an interesting conversation. So uh, let's uh, let's maybe just go around the circle first. So everybody can see who's who's in the room here. Who's in your ears? Um, so Taylor, we'll start with you. Talk about um, just kind of like. I mean, obviously, who you are, and then what your role is and what we're trying to do with Film Mavericks right now. All right, guys. This is Taylor. You know me as the executive producer of this podcast and the studio manager for Ladybird Studios, our sister company. So for Film Mavericks, I have sort of come into the role of sound mixer when we are actually on set filming. My role is to... Uh, mix all the sound, do the mics, and then assist with any camera needs that anything Nick needs help with, with um, setting up cameras and such. So that is the role I'm playing. Yeah, she's awesome at it. And then this is Nick. And uh, yeah, my role is, you know, impromptu director of photography. I... Um, you know, we, me and Jordan work closely together, deciding on, you know, camera choices, lens choices, what lights we're going to bring, uh, you know, thinking about location stuff and just general camera stuff and listening close in the conversation, acting sort of as a producer, as far as like trying to get the best sort of, um, material out of our guests that we're working with. And then I also work closely with our other producers to, you know, uh, decide on locations and things like that and like you know thing you know just m- basic administrative stuff it's pretty fun pretty you, you missed out on a huge part of what you're doing okay what will someone oh yeah also yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also probably the biggest part yeah i uh, this that's so funny because i'm yeah when i think about working on a computer it's like that's not work but yeah also editing i edit the episode you know i edit all the footage and you know do all that which is pretty crucial i can't believe i just left that <laughs> yeah, out yeah just sweep that part under the rug and yeah editing yeah. just editing yeah. done <laughs> but yeah i do the editing which is probably my favorite part i do love shooting on location but yeah editing that's 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 the bread and butter that i really enjoy so nice. and then yeah and then Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sarah. I'm probably the newest uh, podcast member. So you all haven't heard my voice yet. Um, so what I kind of do is I'm the studio manager of Film Mavericks. So essentially, I'm 
the go-to person for setting up locations and getting everyone's schedules ready so that we can shoot these sort of things and um, getting all that magic worked out together so that we can create the magic. So it's super cool. Um, I get to meet a lot of people through it. And then when we're on set, I'm kind of like the associate producer of it. So whatever they need help with, you know, Taylor, Jordan, and Nick, I'm kind of that person to go to um, just some of the small stuff. And then I also do a lot of the behind the scenes shoots. So if you see photos on our Instagram and Facebook, um, I'm the one taking those pictures. So it's a lot of fun. And yeah, we are never bored here. So <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. And that's been really instrumental in helping me to get more and more hands off with some of the day-to-day stuff to really dream big about the direction that we're headed and to think more uh, more about sales and building relationships with the people who we're having on the show and with um, relationships with the owners of the places that we're shooting at, with the owner of the car companies we're trying to work with. Um, but yeah, really... I've, I've shifted into a very unique role that I have not really ever filled before, which is super exciting for me. I've really been having a blast more in the role of uh, probably best fits the role of, uh, of director slash executive producer, uh, because, you know, filling the role of just in terms of director, in terms of thinking about the, the direction that we're headed and in really developing the content via being a host of the show. Um, so conducting the actual interview, um, which has been wonderful on multiple levels. One is just like building a relationship with whoever we have on the show, which is really crucial to our marketing strategy here. I mean, this is a bold, um, this is a bold marketing strategy. This is definitely a risky marketing strategy because it's expensive to produce this show that we're doing. And I could buy a whole lot of ads on Google for the cost of what <laughs> we're doing this for. Um, but ultimately it's something that we just, we, we believe in the power of what we're doing. And so I feel like the investment's worth it. So really functioning in that role of executive producer in terms of, of funding this whole endeavor, um, which at the present moment is, uh, you know, deeply in the red. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like I said, it's an investment that we're making that I feel like in the long term is really going to pay off. Um, but yeah, so functioning in the role of executive producer in that, in that way, director in terms of thinking about the content and being the host of the show. And then, um, where was I headed after that? That's, that's probably it. <laughs> it covers your bases pretty well. I mean, you you pop in and just I mean, we you pretty you work a little pretty closely in deciding the direction of the episodes as well. Like when I kind of make a pass at editing, you'll come in and once I whittle it down quite a bit, and you kind of see where it goes. And like you're definitely, I mean, you're 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 a big part of directing and ex- executive producing, and that you have your fingers kind of constantly kind of moving this here, checking that. I mean, it's such a wide persona but then you have us kind of in these personnel positions being able to kind of do the do the dirty to get it to a good point where you're coming in and polishing a lot of it i think also we've done and this just gets better with every episode as we sort of figure out our creative pre-production process but 
the goal also is during the actual shoot, Jordan gets to be pretty much in the role of just hosting. You right. get to focus on being on camera, what you're going to be talking about with the interviewee, and less about, okay, what shots are we getting and did we get this? Because the idea is that we plan all that beforehand. We have a good shot list. We know what we want to shoot at what location. And then on the day of, you just sort of get to be on camera and not worry about it because you know you've got me and Nick and Sarah taking care of all the technical aspects. And then you just get to come in and kind of see the footage afterwards and then play that creative role in the post-production process. Yeah. So I think that's a great kind of process that we're figuring out right now. Yep. It seems like it's so crucial to like be in that because in what you're doing it, it is that we're telling these, you know, mavericks, these entrepreneurs, these business uh, folks, pe their, their stories, you have to be able to just be engaged, you know, and you're so good at that. I mean, you, you've done the podcast for a while. You're good at listening. You, you glean the wisdom out of them so well that when you can just be freed up to kind of focus on that. And I mean, that's what's kind of giving these episodes a lot of life. You're listening to it and you're like, oh, th that's interesting. I want to know more. You know where to dig in. And I mean, it's so like it feels really organic, even in the episode, like when we're trying to kind of like piece a story together, mm. you know, it feels very real. Yeah, I think definitely. I, I do feel like the podcast has prepared me for this in a lot of ways. And so. Uh, yeah, I feel grateful for that part of this story. Um, and it is, it is also just because of the nature of who we're interviewing, I'm deeply interested in what they're talking about because I also feel like I have so much to learn from these people, um, both in terms of like the, the insight that I can gain from them as well as the inspiring stories, you know, last episode, Man, I probably cried three times while we were talking, just that was like so having good. a conversation. Yes. I mean, it was like, just, I mean, part of it was like the stuff that she was talking about was just really hitting home with like my current stage of life and raising young kids and thinking about what I want for them in the future in terms of like their education and how they're, how they're raised and trained up, um, to be, to be, you know, fully functioning adults <laughs> one day and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, I've also really appreciated how well y'all have taken ownership of the whole production aspect when we're there on the day so that I really can focus in on that because we're, we actually did a, we did a trial run uh, with John Perkins. He's one of the listeners of this, uh, of this podcast. He came into town. We did a trial run with him and we learned a lot in the process and then I tried to do a trial run while I was out in Seattle with someone solo, solo, <laughs> right by myself. And I just like, it was just a, it was a major flop, you know? <laughs> um, and, but it was, it was a fun conversation I got to have with the guy. It was time wasted for sure. At the same time, it was like eye opening of like, there's no way I could pull this off by myself. Even being able to like set all the stuff up and make sure everything's going, and then be able to like focus my attention towards the conversation. It's just too much to be able to do all that and be worrying about how's the audio, how are the cameras rolling, and being able to stay engaged with the person. Just like not possible. So like doing this as a as an individual or 
you know, if you had a, if you had one other person, like you could, you could probably pull it off, but it'd be really challenging. Um, you know, and so having a team do it, has just been, uh, pivotal to what we're doing. Well, what's cool and what I've definitely seen is like with our particular team, we're so good at governing, you know, a certain percentage of what we're doing. It's not all, you know, one person who's just completely overpowering the whole thing. Like we're all really good about evening it out because, um, what we realize is every single person's role is so pivotal for that particular episode and for production. So, you know, there's no one overpowering anyone. I think that's a good term to use because I've seen, you know, things where so many productions where there's is one person who is trying to dictate what everyone's doing. But with us, it's it's going so smoothly. And like you said, Jordan, like it takes, you know, it takes a team to actually make things work. And um, our team's so good about being able to decipher who's going to do what. Okay, you're going to do that. You know, we're not going to come over here and try to tell you, oh, you could be doing this a little bit better because we trust the other person right. in creating this piece of production. So yeah. I don't know, it's been really cool to see and uh, to just watch it get better and better each time we do it as well. So Yeah, I feel like we... I feel like we work with like a small, efficient sort of team that like we we push each other to do well. We always meet and talk about what we are at po- post uh, shoot. We always talk about, you know, how did that go? What we want to do better and all of that. So we go into each episode with a sort of like mental checklist about how what we want to improve or like where we're going to head and like what we want to achieve. So working working in a small, effective team like that is I think it has lent itself to why we've we feel like it's moving at a good pace and really yeah. well. But I mean, truthfully, like, I really wouldn't want to do it with less, mm. you know, um, just because like having the confidence of knowing like, you know, Nick, you've got all four cameras going and you're keeping an eye on everything. Like we know all that's good to go. You know, at the same time, we have somebody who's, you know, Taylor, you focus on the audio. So I know for sure, because you've got your headphones on and everything, it's being monitored. We know for sure the audio is going well. If it's not that you can stop us. So there's not gonna be like wasted time. If something does go wrong with the audio, we can fix it right away. Um, And then being able to have like the marketing aspect of, of the still photography is obviously huge as well. And just like taking care of all the details, like not having to, do any of the communication with the locations we're shooting at or with the people we're interviewing ahead of time. And just like knowing all that scheduling stuff has just worked out. It's been huge, uh, but it has been still a, a huge production. It means almost it's, it's almost like this has become my full-time job at this point for the last like few weeks. For sure. Um, and so it's not just a big investment of, you know, all the money that it takes to, to, you know, to pay you guys to produce this, but it's also just like taking massive chunks of, of my time to, to do this. And so it is just like, this is where we're throwing all our, all our eggs into this basket and let's hope it works out. You know, And you don't know. I mean, it feels right just because we're doing something, we're putting our energy towards something, I don't know. I mean, there are so many different strategies to gain a clientele, you know, in commercial videography. Yeah. I, there, are, There's no one set path. And it just feels right because we're just kind of doing something. We're not asking for anybody's, you know, we're, we're giving them something kind of for free. 
or, you know, working with them and they kind of are able to see, you know, firsthand what we do and we have a product at the end of it that they can use in their marketing and we get something out of it too. It just seems very copacetic and we're both working with each other. So that I was mean, an impressive word. Copacetic. Don't know if I used it right. Yeah, definition. Yeah, definition um, maybe like uh, <laughs> if we're both getting something out of it and we okay. feel good. Sounds <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Copacetic. <laughs> we knew what you meant. That's, a, that's, yeah. ta- that's Context, a tax word. Please. I think Nick yeah. studies words on a daily basis. Have, He's always whipping out some new word. The word calendar. <laughs> I have the word, or word, word toilet paper. It's like word nice. of the day. Every day. I tear oh, it off. Even <laughs> Minutia. Okay, cool. I never use them right. Kind of going along with what you said, Jordan, it's been, you know, like you said, it's your full time job now. But partly because of that is for all four of us, it's a learning process because this is a whole new ball game, And, you know, we are good about what we've done in the past. And now we're moving it to a totally new thing. And it's been so cool because we've never done this before, this type of thing. Um, and we've never done it, you know, multiple, multiple ones of it, I guess if that makes sense, like multiple ones, but they're all different. And so every single episode is a learning process and everything we do isn't the same. It's all so vastly different. There's different people to know, different people to contact, um, just so many different things go into it. And it's why it's a constant learning process of it. And I don't even know how to put it better than that. But we've all been able to, like Nick said, we chat after each episode that we filmed and we're like, okay, so what did we learn from that? And how can we even take it further the next time we shoot? So it's been super cool to like see that because it's always so different. And um, we gain so much knowledge from the past, you know, process of it, the past production. Yep. I mean, it's like a drill into everybody's head again and again. We learn from our reflection on our experience, not just our experience. And we practice what we preach there. Yeah. It's uh, it, it is critical because without that, we're not going to improve. Like we're going to keep, Otherwise, I think we would like keep certain things to ourselves and we would either forget about them or we wouldn't have everybody on the same page if we didn't do that. And so like having that time to reflect afterwards, I think is going to be critical in our advancement in this way. Anyone's advancement. It's just yeah. you have to think about why you did something good or bad. It yep. will it ensure success. I can feel it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I said we're putting all our eggs in this basket. That's not completely true. One of the things that we're also doing as we're launching this company is just investing a lot of my and Sarah's time into networking, um, going to networking events. Sarah's been yeah. to a lot more than I have, um, but going to network events and then meeting with meeting up with uh, different individuals, uh, different business owners afterwards in a one-on-one basis where they're mostly they're coming to the studio. Um, here, which has been great. So they can sort of see that we're like legitimate, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's been, that's been another huge aspect of that, but really that's what like, that's what the show is all about. It's sort of just networking on steroids. Or uh, less. Lots and lots of steroids. Filming (laughs) big steroids on film. (laughs) Reviewing it all. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I talked to Jordan about this before, but yeah, the networking aspect has been massive. And um, for me, I just graduated college not too long ago. And I, I was telling Jordan how I've learned more about business in the last few months than I have ever in my four years of higher education. And it's been insane. I come to Jordan, I'm like, I wanted to just tell you what I like learned today, like who I met. I didn't even know these type of people existed. I didn't know these kind of businesses existed. 
but yet now I'm a, I'm a, an ally of them and we're friends and I, now I know about their business and they, they know about mine and it's just constant communication. And if one thing I've learned since, um, you know, being with film Mavericks is that, um, relationships are the biggest thing in terms of business and who, you know, it's true, but it's being able to have a relationship with these people. And when you, when you are networking, you're not just trying to get business, you know, you're trying to make friends and contacts and that way, you know, if someone helps you out, you're going to be able to help them right back out with a referral or something similar like that. And I've loved every minute of it because I'm a people person and I know my team is too. And so it's cool because we can all just, we can all do that. And so it's not just, it it isn't just me doing the networking and I am a big part of it, but everyone here is so interested in helping film Mavericks grow. So we're all good about being able to find those right contacts and have those have those friends that are also business owners that want to help us as much as we want to help them. So yeah, and I think that's something that I mean, you describe it as you know being kind of a no brainer, and for us it is because it's how we've always kind of run all of our different business endeavors. But not everybody networks. Not everybody can go out and talk to a group of people or start introducing themselves to strangers. But I think that something that can really set you apart when you are starting a new business, whatever it is, is to plant those seeds. And obviously when you start a new business, you know, you want clients now, you want to make money now. Like you're like, okay, I got to get going as soon as possible. And that is a motivation, but you have to be willing to plant seeds for later clients. Like maybe you meet a bunch of people and maybe those 10 people don't call you up until six months later. Maybe it's a whole year later. Or maybe, you know, two years later, they're like, oh, my gosh, I have this friend who needs you. But you have to be willing to put it out there. Like, trust that the work will come, but you have to do the work and not be too attached to the timing. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a challenge, especially when, like I said, this is such a big financial investment for me. I'm really just trying to 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 have that balance of both of like this sense of urgency of this needs to produce some income soon at the same time, not compromising things to say, we'll do whatever we can to get that work ASAP, not like taking on, you know, super cheap work, um, not giving like crazy discounts or something to get people in the door because we have, because we have great relationships with these people. We have, you know, we have a solid portfolio to show off. So it's not like we're starting from scratch here or something that we need to do that. Uh, but it is, it is that sort of, um, that realization that what we're aiming for is something that's huge. And so it's a long-term game. This is certainly not a get, get rich quick scheme. Um, but I think that, everyone on the team is really owning that and, um, you know, taking, taking ownership of it in that way and, and feels, feels what I feel. And that this can be something that's really big and really by, by taking ownership and saying like, uh, I'm going to, give everything I have here because I believe this can be something that's really big in the future. And so this is sort of, um, 
you know, investing in, in my future at the same time. And when I say my, I mean each individual's mm-hmm. future um, as a part of this company because, you know, we believe we can do something really significant here. Yeah. And it feels like you're, we're not just, you know, make, you know, making the show. Like you say, there's like a two kind of tier, like, assault on trying to gain this business it's not just like making videos and putting them out there and then that's it you know there's there's the marketing that's happening there's there's the 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 thinking about sort of the way these episodes are gonna gain us business we're being very uh, we're thinking deeply about what who we want to interview because the idea is you know who will will they share this in their network how will this expand this network it's it's it goes deep into very, very much that how is this going to expand or get us in front of more eyes? You know, this you have to always think about, you know, how, how are more people going to see this episode? How are we going to expand into a new market? Who do we want to continue to work for? And what is our main goal? You know, you always right. have to keep that in the forefront and you can't just make videos to make videos, you know, just right. can't let anybody in just because you the cameras are sitting there's there's dust on the lens you know right. you need to you gotta think um you gotta be diligent about how you want to attack this sort of thing yeah and there has been like you said deep strategy with who's involved what sort of network they have whether like people have to fit one of well they have to fit several criteria that's like mandatory you know like that they have to have a compelling story that they have to be doing something that means something in the world, that they have to, um, you know, be someone who we believe would be good on camera. Uh, but then they have to either fit the, the qualifier of, is this someone who has a high potential to hire us? Or is this someone who is going to be sharing this video with individuals who are going to have a high capacity to hire us. Now th- you could say that last one is anybody, but but these are much more strategic moves like the um you know the first one um that we interviewed Ron Hallfield, uh, he has a massive network um of people from I think he said like 45 states. Yeah. Um you know working with I mean, the effective reach is 50 million people, people who he's um, he's affecting that are affecting others, right? Um, but it's it's people who are in local governments that have money to spend on these sort of things. And that's already translating to us having deep conversations with him about, you know, things like an annual contract where we're building content for his company. Um, you know, we haven't signed any contracts yet, but we're, we're in conversations about that and what that looks like and also just producing some other videos for him. Um, and also even building something for him that he can turn into a white label product for his clients. So that's already turned into some deep conversations. And then you have our next conversation with uh, Signal Line, who's working to build, uh, to build trust relationships between, startup companies who need money and venture capitalists. And so he's just like right in the, you know, has the exact audience of who we're looking for, right? Venture capitalists who understand that these startups need videos, um, you know, startups who understand that they need videos and like 
by by reaching into his network it's reaching all these individuals who feel that perfect need and then and then the next one more unexpected is a director of a nonprofit organization founder and director of a nonprofit that really doesn't have money to spend on video production right. however the people that they're going to be sharing it with a lot of their donors are you know some of the wealthier people you know, in the state of Texas, in the country, in the world, you know, she was talking to us about, you know, people who sold their companies for multiple hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Um, and these are people who she has a great relationship with, who've had her over to their house. Um, and so it's, it's strategic interviews with people like that who are very well networked with other people who have high capacity to hire us for big budget productions. So there's a lot of strategy that goes into who we interview. Everybody needs content. You know, every business needs content, but it's the difference of like who needs quality content. You know, anybody can pick up their iPhone and snap a photo, do a video and, you know, throw a banner, a lower thirds banner on it. But to make quality content that like tells a story and engages people that kind of that always takes it up a notch and you need to reach out to you know, professionals that need that. I mean, like everyone listening, I mean, you all know that you're, you're artisans and craftsmen about what you do, craftspeople, pardon me, that you know what you do, but you have to reach out and, and think about how, who needs what I, who needs my services, you know, that effect will effectively garner you a better network of people that want to work with you. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again and have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, You'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so one of the things that we're trying to figure out as we're building this plane in flight, as I um, affectionately call it, we are trying to figure out, like, what does this look like alongside wedding season, 
What does this look like? You know, when we are crazy busy with weddings right now, it's, you know, the slower season for us, it's, I know for people in other parts of the country, that sounds crazy, but in Texas, it's really stinking hot right now. So July and August are like probably some of our slowest months of the year, probably our slowest months of the year for sure, actually. It was like 108 um, this week, I think. Yeah, it's just 108. <laughs> just for reference, everyone. <laughs> yeah, when I got my car, it said 117, so that wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, the heat warnings are no joke. <laughs> yeah. It's Fahrenheit. <laughs> Um, yeah, if it was Celsius, we'd all be cooked. <laughs> we did. <laughs> it's a little better. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're thinking just about what does this look like alongside our busy season? Because it's, it's a lot of our team is actually all of our team is still involved in weddings as well. And so how do these two things work alongside of each other is something we're thinking about. Do we roll and we're planning on rolling sort of with seasons um, so this is a, we're calling it a web series. So season one, you know, we're thinking somewhere along the lines of 10 to 12 episodes per season. Um, but we're also just thinking about, you know, how does this, uh, how does this work when it comes to wedding season? Um, and, and also like if this does what we hope it does in producing the relationships that you know, that, that produce the kind of work that we want to be doing on a regular basis, like then that is far more profitable than what we can do on a wedding job. And so like, what's the relationship between these things? Um, obviously like our bread and butter for the last couple of years has been Ladybird studios and it is, uh, you know, what keeps us afloat when we're, you know, when I'm dreaming up these crazy schemes. And so like, that's a critical piece of all of this is to make sure that, you know, Taylor, uh, continues to, to, to steer the ship in the right direction as she does. So, um, so I think that's just like an interesting part of this conversation that we're still going to have to kind of figure out as we go, because, uh, it is still July, but you know, September, October, November, we'll be here before we know it. And, we have some craziness coming, especially in November. I think we have a, I think we have a weekend with like nine weddings in November. Yeah, we're in the double digits for sure. If when you combine photography and videography weddings, I got to recount because I've booked a few more recently. <laughs> but it's November is literally going to be like insane. Yeah, and so it's it is going to be interesting to see how do we how do we work these things out. But but part of part of my desire to do these things is to think about how we can schedule things, like schedule actual shoots that we're producing for our corporate clients whenever we do have slower seasons like mm -hmm. this, you know, because we have a big team. And so that is one of the, um, one of the joys and burdens of running, you know, a company that employs multiple people is how do we keep everybody's bank accounts filled whenever we're into these slow seasons. And so mm -hmm. we're you know, hopeful that this is a, a big step in those directions. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's challenging to think about like what we want to accomplish because we were shooting, you know, 10 to 13 episodes for this web series. And that, you know, that puts us out, uh, we're shooting about an episode a week, you know, and it's, you know, leading up, you know, that's right up into, you know, our peak season. And then it's like getting those episodes put out. And then it's about, you know, creating content, you know, consistently during that whole during that whole busy season when we are, you know, shooting weddings, you know, two or three weddings a weekend. So 
it, it's it's an interesting sort of issue that's like good and bad, you know. But I think the way that you guys have Ladybird built out is just a working machine that can hold up pace with that. Everyone's built for weddings. That's what we do. So, you know, as as we build, we just want. I mean, really, what we want to focus on is just booking clients for corporate. You know, that's just at the at the heart of it. It's it's and you've re- and, and Jordan's really sort of grip that um that endeavor sarah as well about looking you know wanting to bring those people in and and get them on the books it's it's a challenge i mean it's just a challenging thing to get you know businesses to work with you and get and get them to uh you know see the vision that you want to accomplish for them but i I mean I, i that hasn't even really you know entered my mind as much as like you know just wanting to make the quality content i i see us kind of rising to the occasion you know i think your whole ethos to me has always been like just say yes and you'll 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 you're setting yourself up for success like if you say you can do it you probably can you know yeah everything else is just execution so it's kind of an interesting sort of that's just your, your your almost like your style is like yes i can do it and you'll do it you know there's there's no reason you can't yeah and if for some reason like it's something that is beyond our skill set of our particular team then i can still say yes because there are other people that we can hire to help us out with those projects that fill our gaps you know on a on a temporary basis on a contract basis freelancers that sort of thing so you know if we're if a client reaches out to us and wants an animated video, well, that's not something anybody on our team has a skill set with, but there are loads of other people who are looking for work like that. I can bring someone like that on to the team, you know, on a temporary basis to, to fill that gap so that we can meet that client's needs because, you know, that client might want an animated video today, but, by, by producing quality content for them in the video that they want now, even though that's not necessarily directly in our wheelhouse, we know that that person is also wanting lots of other content that is in our wheelhouse. So I don't want to lose them to someone else when you know we could say yes to that as well by just bringing somebody else on. And that's always that's that's been something that I've had to learn over a long period of time, mm. you know, to not, not, not the saying yes part. I think that's always sort of come natural. <laughs> um, but in terms of like realizing that by saying yes, it doesn't mean I have to all of a sudden work, you know, 120 hours this week to try to figure out how to do it. Yeah. But instead I can find somebody else right. who can fill that role. And that's something that I learned a lot through building Ladybird Studios um, is just you know how how things can work so much better, so much smoother when somebody else who's you know focused on a specific task can do those things, which has just given me so much life back to be able to do other things, to be able to start new ventures, to be able to spend more time with my family. So you know that's been critical. In fact, I was just talking about this last night. I was checking in with my wife and just talking about how, you know, two years ago, we're, we're, we're actually, my, uh, my family, we're going to meet another couple, another family um, at a beach uh, for a few days, running a house out there. And I was thinking two years ago, 
how stressed I would have been to leave for three days in the middle of the week knowing that like I'm either going to have to like be on my phone constantly communicating with people or just pissing people off because I wasn't communicating with them one of the two was going to happen so like you know now like I don't feel any of that because I know you know things are still going to going to get done um things are going to be accomplished just fine without me and so I can like actually relax and have have fun with my family and then get back to work whenever you know it's time to be back so that's been that's been a huge part of this process that has been um you know, part of the part of the the joy of, of figuring that out while I'm, um, while I'm not terribly old, <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I mean, yeah. go. Well, I was just say it goes both ways. Um, as the person who manages Ladybird and everything, I can figure out within my own schedule, like, oh, hey, this is here's a few days I want to take off or I want to go on vacation or whatever it is. I can kind of plan my own time off and be like hey jordan i'm gonna be gone for a few days but i'm gonna be answering emails there's nothing big on the agenda just you know day-to-day upkeep and so it's nice to have that flexibility that goes both ways jordan feels like he can take time when he needs it we feel like we can take time when we need it knowing what our responsibilities are and just planning around them yeah i think that's to me for a production company like ours, I think that having, and I think really this is probably true for, for most companies, I think, is that if you treat the people working for you like equals and like, like adults, um, I think everything just functions so much better. We're, we're able to have better relationships with each other. We're able to have more trust. There's more loyalty um, because, because there's so much freedom and trust that's there, you know? And so, I mean, the fact that, you know, y'all have learned that you don't just kind of like, it's more like informing me that you're going to take some time off rather than asking me. There's not like paid structure in terms of like, uh, you know, I get, you know, I hear people talk about, yeah, I get two weeks off with my job. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> and they're all like happy about it too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, there's 52 weeks in the year, right? Yeah. You get two of those <laughs> and, yeah, and you go off. Yeah. And you get 10 days off. Um, but I, I know how much I value that flexibility in my schedule. So I figure other creatives especially have to, um, you know, thrive in that, that kind of environment. So I, I just would hate to create a situation for people where they weren't able to have that kind of freedom because I think it's crucial to anybody's well-being, but especially for creatives. I think it's super important that we have those, those breaks in life. Better quality of life equals better quality of work. Very true. <laughs> Truth. Which brings up another interesting thing. It's like being so geared towards weddings, you know, we work most weekends and then during the week, now we have all these other things going on. So it's very easy to just like keep working. So to have also the awareness of, oh, 
I think I just worked seven days. So I should probably take a day off just to have a day off or like kind of figuring out, you know, like, okay, we have all these things going on. You know, we have a very creative, flexible schedule, but also it can still be easy to fall into like, oh, I'm going to, I worked too much. Like, let's try to find those like days, even a half day, even if I'm sitting at home answering emails, but I'm on the couch or I'm, you know, doing life errands or chilling. Like, it's still important to find those times. So I think it's also a challenge with creative people. You think you have to work constantly and I mean, we kind of want to because we lo- love what we do and it doesn't feel like work. So it's yeah. easy to for the lines to bleed together. But I think that's also still a good thing to have that balance. Well, like, especially because we're working together, too, you know, and we enjoy not just the work that we're doing, but we also enjoy each other's company. Yeah, it's kind of it's trippy to think like I never feel like I'm working yet. You know, like it doesn't ever feel like work really yeah. after like starting here. It's just like. I'm waiting for it to be like, oh, I don't want to go in, but it's like it hasn't really happened yet. Like I'm always stoked to go in, stoked to reconnect after a weekend and, you know. Yeah, I can definitely vouch for that. Like Taylor says, this happened the other day. It was really funny to me. I worked two weddings in a row. Me and Matt both did. I don't know if he's been on here before, but um, Matt's our other photographer. And he, I worked two days and I work full time here, of course. And Taylor's like, well, are you going to take off Monday? I'm like, well, I need to. She's like, yeah, you'll have to. <laughs> you just and I was like, seven that's so nice. Take a break. Right. <laughs> like, that's so nice to hear. I can just do that. And of course, you know, I sat at home on this past Monday and I I, um, I worked, but it was at, from home. And I was like, wow, I definitely needed to stay home today. I slept in a little bit. And, you know, like Nick said as well, I don't, I haven't once been dreading to come in. And it's cool because, like I Even said, with that long drive, right, yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I um, I live in San Marcos, which for y'all, those who don't know, is about with traffic an hour and a half from Round Rock, <laughs> and so um, that's how far I drive every morning. And luckily, half of that um is done by Taylor, who I meet up with. But um, a lot of days I'll drive in just by myself, um, if we have conflicting schedules, and I don't care because I know where I'm headed, and I know I'm gonna have a good time, and I have the freedom of you know, being able to be open minded with my creativity. And the coolest thing is working with other people who are just as excited about being creative as I am. And as I know me, Taylor and Nick and Jordan, we all studied a creative sort of field in college. And um, what's cool is we come out of college and we're all working in something that we're able to you know, not just do this nine to five, sit at a desk, boring job. I'm sorry for those who have those, but you know, for us, it's like, this is, this is our full-time job and we love it. It's not even a job to us. So, um, I don't know, just, I'm going on a tangent here, but it's so cool to be around other people who have that mindset as well. I think this is an interesting, I just thought of this, you know, if you're listening and this sounds like, well, I could, I don't know that I could ever build something like that because I can't afford to hire anybody else, that sort of thing. I think it's important for you to understand that um, there are there are ways to hire individual people without hiring them for a full-time job. You know, maybe you're not at a place where it's possible for you to hire someone at a full-time salary yet. Like, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you have to do this alone. Um, so, you know, when I started out, I didn't have 
anybody who was working full time for me. Now we have a mix of full and part time and con. Well, not really contract. Uh, everybody's uh, everybody's an employee who works for us now, but everybody's either part or full time, and everybody has also different pay structures. Um, and so I'm I've been really big on um, pay per project or pay hourly, depending on sort of what the job is. So I'm able to talk about that just briefly so that, um, you know, our, our listeners, if you're sort of just thinking that's impossible, no, it's not. Um, and here's how is there are, there are people in your city who are starving for creative work, who don't know how to get it themselves or right now they're just in a slow season or whatever the case is, who are talented people who would love to come to work for you on a per project or an hourly basis um, based on what you have. So you don't have to necessarily commit to, um, you know, to, to a salaried employee to bring on these projects because maybe you just, that's just not possible. Maybe you're, you're, you're only doing this part-time yourself. Or maybe you're doing it full time, but you know you don't have enough work to be able to take on somebody else full time. But you just on a you know um, on a per project basis. So what we do is everybody gets paid hourly when we're actually on a shoot. Anytime we're on a location, everybody gets paid hourly. Some people get paid more or less based on how long they've been with us, based on their skill set, based on what they're what they're bringing to the table. Um, but you know, it's hourly when we're actually on location shooting something. And then, um, you know, we also have different rates for if you're editing a project and we sort of just have like this open conversation because we all understand that all videos are not created equal. Some are going to take more time than others. Others take more expertise in different areas. And so we've just had a very open conversation anytime that we're in one of these places about what the video is going to entail. Um, and sometimes they don't even know what they're going to make until afterwards. Right. And we just sort of like figure that out. Um, and generally I try to be like more generous than they would expect. Right. I mean, Nick and I just had this last conversation last time Mm -hmm. as he was sort of expecting maybe one rate. And we did a lot more than that because I just felt like he was undervaluing what he was doing. And so, you know, we, um, you know, guilty. Yeah. And so, uh, there is that, that level of, of, you know, things can work on an hourly basis. Things can work on a per contract basis. Also with Sarah and I made this, this offer to the rest of the team, but Sarah's sort of more specifically focused on this is as she's out there networking, building relationships, she has the potential to earn commissions on projects that she brings in. Um, and this is the case again, like I said, for anybody on our team, we've made this open. It's just Sarah's kind of devoting more of her time to that. But, uh, you know, that's another way to think about how you structure pay for someone is if they bring in work to the company, then, you know, they can get rewarded for that as well. Um, And so that's just another way of sort of thinking creatively about how you can bring other people onto your team that is not going to be a huge liability to you, but is just going to be an asset to you whenever you need it. Speaking as Um, a person who two years ago was fresh out of college and hungry for creative work. There is a lot to be said about like, look for people that are fresh out of college 
or even high school, depending on like what their interests so and skill true. sets are. Those people like are just starting their lives. They just want to like figure out how can I pay my bills? I'd love to do something that I love. I mean, like willing to get a normal job if I have to get something just to like pay the bills, but they're hungry. They're looking. You don't know how many people are out there on film sets, literally volunteering. They just want to show up. They want to be able to do work. They want to be able to meet people like they'd love to get paid, but they are willing to volunteer long days on film sets. And that's a whole nother world from like video production um, being on a like real film set. And I've done the same thing, volunteer just so I could meet people and kind of get in and see if I could find more paid work. So look for those younger people that are like just starting out and willing to pretty much do anything to get started, meet people like, yes, they want to be paid. But like I've met some people who are doing some incredible work and I'm like, you're not getting paid for that or that's what you're charging. Like you're you're so good. Like someone out there needs to hire you or there's definitely like paid opportunities for you because you've got the skills, you've got the hunger. So just look for those people. They're out there. It can be more difficult when you, you know, meet people that are older, maybe they've been in the industry, they're more established, they have their own gear and you're working with a different set of circumstances and it's it's harder to bring on people like that when you're so new and so like in the early stages of growing your company. So I think it's really beneficial. Um, I think it was a good move on Jordan's part to bring me on fresh out of college and then bring Sarah, uh, you know, fresh out of college. Um, Thank you, Jordan. (laughs) We were both in the same scenario of just like, oh, man, we studied these creative fields. We really want to find a job that's like feeding that creativity so we don't have to just kind of settle for something else. Um, So, you know, we both had that passion and that hunger and we were both just so like Jordan really believes in what he does. And that's been apparent to both of us since day one. It's like, man, I want to work for somebody like that. I believe in what he's doing. So it's it's like, yes, I, I know I'm going to be paid, but that's kind of a, a second thought sometimes because like for me in the early stages, I, I was part time and I was always looking for more things I could do for Jordan to make it full time. But I just was so like passionate about what Jordan was doing. And I was like, I'm interested in your business, not just about like, yeah, I want to shoot some weddings for you, but like I'm interested in how I can help you grow. And so that was a a great like experience for me to feed that passion, but also like, you know, it was very useful for Jordan. And then we kind of were able to build on that together. Yeah. yeah. And um just kind of going off of what Taylor said, like, you know, it's so true what they're saying about hiring people who are just interested in doing creative work because what I did, and this ended up being incredibly beneficial for me, was when I was still in college, which was only two months ago, but I had messaged Jordan. Um, well, actually, I messaged the company, Ladybird Studios, on the knot. And I'm not a bride. I was just wanting work. I just wanted, I was an aspiring wedding videographer uh, just on my own, but I had no experience um, actually doing it. But I, I had seen Ladybird as being so good at what they're doing. And their their company was just amazing. I had studied their work online and just seen reviews about them. And so I contacted the email on the knot and uh, luckily they got back to me and I think it was you, Taylor. And, um, you know, I came in and visited with them, which turned into a part-time job as one of their uh, photographers and now videographer as well. And then, you know, 
out of college, Jordan offers me the job as a film Mavericks uh, studio manager. And, you know, just from that, from me putting myself out there, um, if you're, you know, thinking about doing that, but you're too nervous to reach out to these people, like don't be, because now I have a job and exactly what I want to have a job in. And it's not even a job in my opinion. Like, like we were saying earlier, you know, this is, this is what we love and we're doing it. And, you know, we're also getting paid. And so, but we're enjoying it so much that it doesn't even feel like it, it's not work to us. And it's all because I put myself out there as someone who wanted to be in this field, not even expecting to get paid from it. You know, I just wanted to learn from the expert. And I saw uh, Jordan and Taylor as those experts that I wanted to learn from. And now I'm working with them. So it's it's cool. And things start small, but like just trust the process. So, Yeah, that's good. Because yeah, I know a lot of our listeners maybe would be in those shoes if you're, you know, if you're younger. So definitely put yourself out there and see, you know, because you can learn so much, even if you have a goal later of starting your own thing or whatever it is, um, you know, which some of our people have had. And actually, we just, you know, lost an editor to that recently, um, who is my very first hire, um, Manuel. And, you know, I've always been encouraging of people to pursue their dreams, whatever it is, whether it's you know, to continue doing this because this is their dream job or whether it's to start their own thing um, or whether it's to leverage this position to go work for, you know, another production company somewhere else later down the road, whatever it is, like always encourage people to do that. Um, So regardless of if you have aspirations to run your own production company or whatever your aspirations are, like right now, if you're young and you feel like you need to learn from someone else, reach out and, and ask if you can do, you know, if you can work with some people, you'd be surprised how many people are out there that do need work, um, that do need help, whether it's with, with their editing or with communication with clients or, you know, an extra camera person, whatever it is. But I think there's so much that you can learn just via osmosis by being around other creative people, um, other people who are running a successful business themselves, that's just invaluable. I think, you know, it's like, I feel like so much of my education came via osmosis of just being around my dad who does nothing in this field. He owns a tile installation company, you know, but learning, um, you know, just from being around him about what it's like to run a company about having, you know, much less fear about a unstable income and, you know, all those sorts of things. So I think just being like, like uh, Sarah said earlier, you know, she just got done with four years of college and then the first couple of months working for us, she is, you know, learned exponentially more about running a business and being part of a production company. And so, yeah, forego the forego the college and just go work for somebody else for cheap for a while and uh you know <laughs> don't tell me that i got college loans yeah me too it's i can't say that's not true though so Co- true. college does bring a lot to you know your growth as a human and like i feel like there have been times on this show where we kind of you know, bad college. <laughs> kind of bad mouth before your degree, but that I mean, well, I've got I've got two of those. I've got two of those expensive degrees, so <laughs> I can speak from from a lot of experience. That's um, true. Without learn it on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel or like just the, Jordan. <laughs> the specific training to what you want to do, you know, can often come after college when you're trying to you know finding a field to work in and stuff. But 
as someone who has a four-year degree and i mean i don't regret it mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that is that i went straight into a creative field i have a bfa in theater so like i wasn't trying to do something like practical and learn like you know textbook stuff i was already doing something that was creative and i got to experience a wide variety of things and skills and learn things and so it's definitely benefited me hugely in my growth as a human and an artist and creative into what i'm doing now so it was definitely worth it even though it's not like a direct translation of i studied this and went right into that so it definitely shows you what you want to do yes it it helps at least because you know for one whole semester i was a history major wanting to teach it and then um for the first you know 18 years of my life I wanted to be a veterinarian at A&M and I graduated from Texas State which I didn't even first go to with a degree in mass communication electronic media and theater it's very long I know but um yeah it's it teaches you what you want to do for sure and um I got lucky with that because that's essentially what made me reach out to Jordan Taylor and team so now here I am out of college with a job and what I'm wanting to do so and so many of my friends and you know just people in general who come out of college you don't don't have that you don't know what they want to do and or they're working a job that has nothing to do with what their degree is in or what they actually want to you know pursue a career in um, but I got lucky with that because college did help me find what I wanted to do but also I got lucky in finding a career path in which I wanted to go into and what I did study so um, we didn't get lucky. <laughs> you you did I, something. I did. That's good. true. You, know, true. You, actually, like, you actually reached out. You actually made it happen. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you came here. Luck's not a part you of it. You're right. Us, <laughs> you impressed us with, you know, with the interview, you know, because you came in here actually asking for a job as a, like a second photographer. Yeah, that's true. And you impressed us with the interview to the point that, you know, Taylor I was like, and I Jordan, like, there's like 5,000 things we could use her for. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was girl number two to join the team. <laughs> yeah. Like, your email stands out when I find it in my inbox. And I'm like, there's a girl that wants to work for us. <laughs> Sarah. Yes. Alert the media. I'm not the only one. <laughs> Let's hire her now. <laughs> to be clear, we do have another girl that works for us, but just not here in the yes, office. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, there's girls yeah, that's yeah. like in the studio. Too, but girl. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, this one has the potential to grow into yes. a very, you know, substantial full-time role in the office. So well, thanks, you it guys. was exciting. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, let's wrap this show up. But um, I do want to just inform our audience. First of all, thanks for listening here to the end. Uh, I'm taking a little bit of a break from the podcast. But lucky for you, Taylor freaking Juarez is taking <laughs> over the show. So for the next uh, three or four weeks... Taylor is going to be the host of this podcast, so definitely tune in. She's got some exciting stuff planned for the next month or so. So, um, yeah, I just I am focused on all these other things like we've been talking about here in the show, trying to build Film Mavericks out and need a break from the show, and so Taylor's going to take over. Um, so that is going to be awesome. Thank you, Taylor. And I've read your comments, and I definitely recognize that – We've got some fans that want to go back to the roots, back to the nitty gritty talking video and shooting and techniques and editing and kind of get back into that grind. So I've heard you. Stay tuned. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. That's what I like to hear. Awesome. Okay. Well, if you're still listening, you loved the show, obviously. So hop on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. 
Uh, post this on your Facebook, on your Instagram, on your Twitter. Tell your other friends who are in video production about this podcast. That would be the biggest thank you that you could do for us is just to share this with your other friends because we don't ask much from you. You know, we give you guys a lot of awesome content and we don't ask much. So my little request is leave us a review on iTunes and share this on your social media pages um, so that we can continue to get the word out there. So thanks again. And we, i.e. Taylor, will see you next week. See you guys next week. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.